Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. Your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. We've got a great conversation lined up today. If you're responsible for driving growth in your business, but have run out of levers to pull, you're frustrated with dead in the water marketing ideas and sales that never seem to get closed, then you're absolutely going to want to stay tuned for this conversation with my new friend, Sean M. Doyle. Today's episode is brought to you by the Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat, coming to you October 20th in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're a sales leader or you know one, you don't want to miss this event. I'll be joined by an incredible team of coaches, including Larry Levine and Dave Sanderson, and you're going to get the mindset, skill set, and tool set to build an authentic selling culture to grow your sales. You'll leave with a 100-day breakthrough plan so you can build your team, develop your culture, and make 2023 the best year ever, as well as closing out a great Q4. To learn more and register, go to www.breakthroughsalesretreat.com. That's www.breakthroughsalesretreat.com. We've got a great guest today. Sean M. Doyle is the author of Shift, 19 Practical Business-Driven Ideas for an Executive in Charge of Marketing, but not trained in the task. He's also the principal at Fitzmartin, a leading consultancy focused on sales, marketing, management, sales and marketing technology, and revenue operations. Over a 25-year career with over 5,000 client engagements, Sean has amassed an unmatched expertise in helping B2B companies succeed in selling more to their most profitable customers. This is going to be a great conversation. Sean, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to be here. I was just making a note. I need to tell my publicist to dial back that intro. That's ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> well, hey, look, I'm excited <laughs> about this conversation today. And I, I'm really most I'm mostly excited about this issue that so many sales leaders have and their marketing teams as well is stuff getting stuck in the funnel. Stuff gets mm. stuck in the pipeline, deals that never seem to close. I like to call it 30, 60, never on the forecast. And there is some behavioral science that you bring to the table that, that can really help out in this area. I'm curious, uh, as you think about deals that don't close, like where do you begin dissecting that? I love it. And you know, the, the most common mistake or the most common thread that I would say everybody listening could learn from when we do these audits and we use this this uh, philosophy called centricity, we understand and discover that marketing is unequipped to help sales close more deals. And often they don't have enough revenue because the budget typically gets spent on all this kind of early stage, sexy, sizzly stuff that marketing yeah. people do. Maybe you spend more money and you, you look on some technology that rides through the whole journal journey, the buyer's journey. But the idea of centricity and the application of behavioral science is you're taking a buyer through change, right? Isn't that what sales really does? 
And mm-hmm. I think good selling is helping, right? It's, I'm helping right. somebody change from a buying, a buying a product or service, but they could buy a better product or service. And by better, I don't mean you get a good commission. I mean better's for them, right? It's, you've got to be buyer-centric. That's where centricity is from. So the, the way we identify these gaps and these problems is, is centricity has to look at sales, has to look at marketing, has to look at technology, and it has to look at communication tools. So that is where we uncover through this framework uh, where those that revenue is capped and, and where people get exhausted, where do buyers get exhausted, where do sales get, you know, where do they get tired? Um, you know, where's the management team get tired? Why is, why is the pipeline filled? But we never, the CFO never says we got the revenue. Like that's mm-hmm. what we love to attack as a business. And I, I'm sure that's what you like to attack. You, you come in and help companies that really understand the need for a framework and the, the value of having it. Cause honestly, Daryl, that's my last, I'm going to shut up after this comment. Your audience doesn't give a dang about my ideas. You know, what they care about is how these ideas might improve their lives. So I will tell you this idea works, not because I'm a marketing guy filled with hubris and hype. And, and you know, we've all learned that management based on hope is just not management. But we've gotten outside of ourselves. You know, we're, we've, we've gone and leaned into some science, behavioral mm-hmm. science that is trustworthy and it's true and it works. And we've been using it since 2002. The first time we used it, we helped a client get $380 million of revenue. I mean, I'm telling you now, which surprised us as much as it surprised them. (laughs) This stuff works, you know, it's incredible. So it's not us. We're not that smart. We just read a book. (laughs) Well, Hey, this, but this is the, this is the trick, right? Is, is discovering and applying science to be able to, to help. And I read a stat recently, and I think this is an underreported stat from Gartner that said 38% of deals are stuck in a pipeline never to close. Like, and I think that Mm. number is low. I've seen it higher in other specific industries. And so coaches, so behavior science, I mean, how, where, where do you start? So I'm a sales leader. I'm looking at my sales pipeline. I got all these, yeah. you know, hope is not a strategy. I'm going through <laughs> deal reviews with reps and they're going, oh, I think it's going to close someday. Like, no, it's not. No, you got to forecast off this, right? So what do you do yeah. about it? Gosh, well, I'll give you some, uh, here's some secret. I'm going to give you some intellectual property. Anybody can steal this. And the first person to build this piece of technology wins. There's this, the behavioral science says you can ask four questions to understand where a deal really is because a salesperson wants to be excited about a deal. They've got an emotional investment. Plus there's a, there's a dangle out there. There's cash on the end. So they're always going to elevate what they think they see in a deal. And yeah. you've got to have a, a, an ar- not an arbitrary, a non-arbitrary, uh, an authentic, third-party evaluation. So the science gives, this book, Changing for Good, is incredible. Uh, it gives you four ways uh, to, to ask questions. Dr. So Prochotka's book. Prochotka, yeah. You know Prochotka? I got to have dinner with him about 10 years ago at uh, oh, up in Rhode Island. What a fascinating guy. killing me. I so want to meet him. If you're listening today, please <laughs> take my call. <laughs> Oh, um, I've had an email but, uh, dialogue okay. with him. Now we're, we're eye to eye. I'm, I'm a huge fan of changing for good. So yeah, so it let's talk incredible. about these questions. 
Yeah. So what their science says is the trans theoretical theorem of behavioral change, which bores everybody. That's why we call it centricity because <laughs> it's literally, it's, it's just a little just easier. It up. Give it a brand, right? Just yeah. It up. But this That's idea good. is if you look at all the types of science, you see uh, many different things. And, and interestingly enough, uh, Freudian the, uh, theory is typically what roots uh, around uh, marketing. That market, most marketers have adopted that, even if it's unknowledgeably, they just don't know that it's there, but that's the root of it. The trans theoretical then expands that thinking to understand lots of different ways. Cause in their science, what they learned was, you know, Daryl, you tried to quit and you went through one theology, one theology, one methodology, and mm-hmm. it, you, you couldn't quit. But I went through that same exact process and I was successful in, in a behavioral change. So they right. wanted to study and they did study and codified this system um, of steps, stages that you go through as, as you change behavior. Well, any salesperson or executive hears that and says, yeah, that's, that's called a pipeline dummy. Right. Uh, You might, maybe you are a numbskull (laughs) marketing guy. Well, yeah, it is a pipeline. That's not the beauty of, of this understanding centricity and what the trans theoretical theorem taught me uh, and that we've applied since 2002. And that is there are processes that your marketing team leans on because of the one bias they have in the way they've learned marketing that Mm -hmm. it's stuff like creating awareness. It's stuff like doing social media to create maybe some social liberation testimonials. Those are two of the best practices. Well, that's great, but they don't help close deals. So what happens when you close deals? Well, an environmental control, according to the, the behavioral science says that's an effective tool that closes deals, but it's only effective right before you close. Mm. And this consciousness raising awareness thing is only effective at the very beginning of the buyer's journey. Most marketers don't know how to break that down. Most executives don't know how to require marketing to break that down. I would love, I, w- I would love, here, here's a great question. It's a simple question too. Mm-hmm. And I want you to ask it because uh, you, you've, or answer it. Cause I think you've seen into a lot of businesses, most executives, if you ask this question, here it is. Does your sales team see marketing as an asset to call upon when they want to close a deal? I think the answer would be marketing. <laughs> this, that's a sales role. How and, many salespeople, and, how many salespeople yeah. call on marketing to help them close a deal? They, they stiff arm. <laughs> well, and I think the reason for that, and, and I love, you know, in changing for good with the five stages of change. And, and I remember meeting, uh, meeting the great doctor and, and he did all that research in smoking cessation, right? Which is the mm-hmm. ultimate hard change, right? How do you right. stop smoking? It's a really tough, tough thing, tough thing to do. And I remember in those five stages, um, that what worked in one stage actually was counterproductive in another. So I think the reason that salespeople, this is, this will be my theory and maybe see if you can uh, back this up or refute it. My theory is that marketing is typically involved in the awareness phase in generating demand very early on. And they're, you know, they're skilled at that. They're good at that. But by the time you get to the phase of, of making that decision, the tactics that work in the awareness phase that marketing is so good at could actually be counterproductive or just not helpful at all. And so I think we know Absolutely. that as sales professionals, 
That's yeah. why we don't, that's why we don't make the ask. But here's the other part of that sign and you're spot on, you get it, right? So most sales I'm, and I'm, I would, I would ask any executive listening, go ask your SVP of sales or your sales team, why would they ever call marketing? And if they say no, here's the equivalent of what you're doing. You're saying, I'm going to accept marketing that is ill-equipped to close deals in my business. I'm going to accept a marketing team or an ad agency that doesn't know how to equip my sales team to close that Gartner 40% of, mm -hmm. of deals that you lose. I'm intentionally choosing to, to leave my sales team unequipped because that's what you're doing. Because the science teaches us that there are five best practices that are effective, as you said, at the end of the change, as you start to move from, we would call it action to an exchange relationship or action to a behavioral change. There's mm -hmm. five best practices that when I mentioned environmental control is only one. And when you, when marketing knows how to use those five, then, then they go to sales and say, look, Hey, here's, here's five weapons. Here's five tools for you to equip you to close more deals. But you're going to have to earn trust from sales. First of all, they're not going to listen to most marketers because most marketers are flighty or fun or artsy or whatever marketing is supposed to be. Uh, you got to earn their trust, right? And prove it. Um, and, I, and when we when we did this for the first time in 2002, the story is this. We were approached by our guerrilla client. So we were terrified. We had to say yes. Um, to with, hey, here's a list of 1,500 businesses that would change our story we would be rev would revolutionize our pnl if you can close them now we've gone through two agencies we've fired both of them because marketing doesn't work do you want to try it oh okay so we audited <laughs> we just we used centricity we did an audit we, we identified what the other people did we also talked to sales which the other two agencies didn't do we also looked at technology which the other agencies didn't do and we looked at the communications so by communications, I mean, what best practices are we using from the science to close deals versus create more awareness? And you're right, Daryl. I mean, you were, it's like you were in the room. What the other agencies did is they created more awareness. They took them to late stage deals and the late stage deals said, we already know you exist. We already know what you do. We don't mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. So nothing changed. And the interesting thing about that target account list was that, that they all did know each other. So we had to force reevaluation and consciousness raising would cause somebody to go, I knew you existed, but I didn't know how you mattered to me. That's mm. a very different type of awareness, right? right? Then we equipped with helping relationships and private and public commitments. And this, I mean, Again, I'm not brilliant. Prachachka, Norcross, and DiClemente are brilliant. Um, <laughs> and you've got to have that's And that's what centricity is about. I, I want to revolutionize the way marketing works. I want executives to require this uh, of, of uh, their teams, of their agencies. Quit hiring uh, creative art. And, and listen, I love creative. Good creative works. But good creative works only if they understand what they should be communicating. That's why we don't say it's sales, marketing, technology, and creative. We say it's sales, marketing, technology, and communications. Yeah. Brilliant creative helps communicate better. But when you hire somebody who's a brilliant art director and then say marketing doesn't work, my challenge is it's the executive that's not equipped to know what to expect. And, and it's not, again, 
buy this book, buy Changing for Good, read it. Come to fitzmartin.com slash free help and I'll give you the framework that we use. I, there's enough business in the world for, for me to give this stuff away. It's Absolutely. fine. Uh, and it's, you know, you, you'll, you'll discover it. So we do these, these revenue pipeline audits all the time and that is the power of it. So the other part of your question is what do we say to that SVP of sales? Uh, what I say is contrary to what most marketing firms do. Most marketing firms say, and I'll just use crass vernacular, well, we're going to build the top of the funnel. Then we're going to nurture some people. And then we're going to equip the sales team to close. Well, they don't ever say the last sentence. They talk about the top of the funnel and the middle of the funnel. But so what? That's so that's so amateur in my mind. It's so simple. Um, and people are not simple. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Um, but people are not simple. Um, and it, it's, um, it's not intelligent to approach that way. You should be approaching this from a perspective that has uh, enough uh, understanding that you, you don't rule out marketing because you hired the wrong people. You know, uh, you ask, here's a great question when you're interviewing a CMO or when you're interviewing an agency, say, I love seeing all your stuff. It's great hearing your story. Tell me what you do to close a late stage deal. Hmm. And if they can't answer that question, you've got the wrong person and you're getting ready to waste more money on marketing. I mean, it's wow. just, it just, just doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, have it. Don't hire us. Don't hire me. I mean, read this stuff, try it yourself. If you can't figure it yeah. out, then call me. But then Daryl, you do this stuff too. You, you audit it. You, you understand this. Um, you, you look at late stage deals. What do you see? What do you, you, you know, you know, the doctor himself. I'm so, I'm still angry a little bit. About that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Hey, you got to just make the call and ask the, um... I have. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we'll we'll have more conversation about that later. But uh, <laughs> they had really, really good scallops up there in Rhode Island. I just got to say that. But oh, uh, that's just, that's that's like just mean. But let's let's just think about the you know, and it's interesting. I re you know, remembering the five stages of change. Let's see if I get these right. Pre contemplation, not even on my Very radar. Good. Contemplation, yep. thinking about it, mm -hmm. planning. I would call that's it right. preparation, but yeah, preparation. That's planning. Okay. That's and correct. then action, action. and maintenance, yep. right? And then, yes, yeah, which we call that we, we, since we're working in the parlance of the economy and since mm -hmm. the scorecard for what you and I do is cash. So we, yep. we say that behavioral change is marked by an exchange relationship because that mm -hmm. exchange relationship signifies a change in behavior. What, one of the greatest uh, compliments I can get, and I got one two weeks ago, a salesperson from one of my clients sent me an email, copied the executive team and said, hey, I just got this $496,000 PO and you were an important part of closing this deal. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a right. win. That's a win for Absolutely. marketing. If your marketing win looks like an Addy, then then you're talking about creative. And that's just a, such a tiny, incomplete view of, of what we should be doing. Uh, anyway, I'm getting you're getting me excited. Uh, great. Here. Oh, this is going to be a fun conversation. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this uh, for a while, long past this podcast being over. But, um, you know, if you look at these five stages, pre-contemplation and contemplation, pre-contemplation, contemplation I mean, it's not on my radar i mean this is the work of marketing right is to yeah. turn latent well, need into felt need and and all of that at the beginning I think that's stages. true 
and I can teach very quickly the mistake. And I mentioned it earlier. I'm aware. How many things are you aware of that you do not buy? Oh, the majority of things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So what did the marketer fail to do there? They failed to understand how to make that product or service relevant to you, to what matters to you, because there's still an old fashioned idea that awareness creates sales. Awareness is a portion of it. You can't buy something you've never heard of, but it's not sales. And uh, you, know, you can, I, I love UCAL Berkeley. I love science. Um, they did a really interesting study on pain and what motivates humans. Nothing motivates humans more than the elimination of pain in our lives. So the way I teach people to create awareness is you map out the buyer's pain mm -hmm. and then you create awareness around how my product or service would matter to you strategically, how it would mm -hmm. matter to you financially and how it would matter to you personally. Number one rule in economics, right? What's in it for me? So UCAL Berkeley teaches us pain mapping is the right way to create awareness. So, so what if you exist? I, you just wasted money. Teach me how you exist. Teach the buyer how you exist and, and, and how you matter. It's another great test as you want to look at. That's why we test communications, not creative. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to look at your early pipeline advertising, your, your marketing, your agency's work, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to look at the colors. I mean, I might look at the colors, but uh, I'm going to look at the, the, what is being communicated. And if all you're saying is we exist, we exist. So what? You've just wasted money. Who cares? Yeah. I, I literally don't care. That's well, not, and so if you fast forward, I, no, it's not, it's not harsh at all. Cause I'm, I'm a firm believer that buyers don't buy products and services never have. They buy the outcomes, those products and services deliver, and it better be related to a top level goal. Yeah. or a financial a strategic or personal. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit. So we get to the decision-making process. Now we've been through mm -hmm. all of this. Now, now that buyer and really in B2B now, it's now that buying team um, mm -hmm. is, is now at a place where they've got to take action. What, yeah. what compels action and what holds it mm -hmm. back inside the theories that we're talking about with change for good? Um, that's a challenging question because it gets into, uh, the, the application, the principles we can talk about here, but the application is so specific to the, to the buy, what it, what it is that we're trying to resolve. I mm -hmm. mean, if you're selling a large CapEx product, um, then that's going to be very different from office equipment. Maybe, mm -hmm. um, is it disposable? Is it smart? You know, there's just a lot of variability there. So I'm not, I'm, I guess I am hedging a little bit, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you the the thing is at the early part of that stage uh, of that journey, when you're moving into preparation, uh, often there are two things happen that I observe. One marketing owns it because there's, there's beginning to, um, communicate information about how this thing would change your life, right? Mm -hmm. To meet those pains. But the question then in turn is why does marketing own it? If all they know how to do is create this emotional, rational, uh, this awareness, this social liberation, these, these testimonials, which mm -hmm. are often in incorrectly used by the way, but, um, 
the idea of a testimonial is my quick aside. We can talk about it for a whole subject. If you that'd want be to a it. future episode. That'd be so fun to, to oh, tear apart. It's so, so used, so wrong, so often it's incredible. But, um, <laughs> but the, um, the idea is that at that time, uh, sales and marketing should carry about equal weight of the responsibility. Well, why? Well, let's talk about large cap X. Uh, hmm. typically there, there could be a pre-engineering need. There could be a consultative sale need. There's a, and there's this myth, you know, Oh, we don't want to give anything away. Well, okay. I'm not giving anything away by telling you everything I do at work. <laughs> I'm, I've told you where I got my stuff. I've told you, I'll give you my framework that I use. I'm not giving anything away. People who don't want to do it themselves, don't have the time to do it themselves, or want somebody who's done it 2000 times since 2002, you're going to call me and that's fine. Right. So, I mean, why are people are so afraid of giving away their stuff? But if you've got an engineered product, you're, there's going to be helping relationships needed. Well, marketing often doesn't think about that. Hmm. Another thing marketing doesn't think about that's this, in this balance of sales and, and, uh, and marketing is marketers are driven to get people to reveal who they were, who they are, right? We're trying to get that name, that email. Mm -hmm. like we've been taught mm -hmm. to do that. Inbound technologies taught me to do that. We're going to leverage that. Um, you can, I'll give you a little exchange relationship. I'll give you some information if you give me your name. Some of that's appropriate. Some of it's not. But the idea of private commitment and public commitment is something a salesperson understands. Mm -hmm. And uh, Changing for Good, Prochachka talks about this. Like, Daryl, I'll talk to you about something that, you know, I, my, my division is not, not working very well and I'm a little afraid I'm going to get fired. But I need to know, okay, am I going to say it that literally? Maybe not. But I'm going to talk to you about it as a salesperson and say, how can you help me resolve this personal financial strategic pain? Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit. But it's just the two of us. I don't want your marketing team getting me on a list for how to save your job. Uh, I don't want, you know, there's risk in sharing information, especially to a salesperson, right? Because mm -hmm. a bad salesperson leverages that information for their own gain. A good salesperson helps the person. So that private commitment Marketers want to make it a public commitment. Well, let's, you know, let's put a presentation together and let's do it for the executive team. Wait a second. You, you didn't sell me yet. And, and if I don't know that Daryl's going to help me, I'm not going to take him to the VPs and risk me looking dumb. Right. So there's this, there's these delicate things where marketing and sales have to coordinate. The only way, this is why I come back to centricity. The only way sales and marketing can coordinate at these pivotal times is if you're buyer centric. If you're mm -hmm. sales centric, you can't win. If you're marketing centric, you can't win. If you're centered on the buyer's needs, not your own needs, the buyer's needs, the net result is sales aligns to marketing because they're not trying to align to each other. They're right. aligning around the buyer. Yes. And that's the truth, right? And if you can do that, then some of these middle of the funnel things start happening that are pretty, I, I it roll my eyes when I see people talk about sales and marketing alignment, because that's the wrong alignment. Yeah. Focus on it. aligning to the buyer. Everything Bingo. else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Everything else will so align. Good. Yeah. What anyway. a kindred spirit of the revenue growth podcast. We've got a new friend yeah. here, Sean. Well, this has been really fantastic. I love this. And I, I think this conversation is going to keep going, but we... I bumped into the bottom of the hour. So let me ask you this. 
how can folks get more Sean M. Doyle in their life? <laughs> well, if you want to read my, uh, and every, every schmuck who ever wrote a book tells you about it, right? So here's mine. I know. Uh, I'm if, excited. If you, <laughs> if you go to Amazon, you can buy it there. Uh, Rock Bench out of Nashville published me a couple of years back. And I did try to drill down some of these complex ideas to be incredibly simple and easy to apply because most executives really don't have an understanding of marketing. And mm -hmm. I just, uh, I, you know, you can, if you're, if you're seeing any of this, you realize I have no hair and that's from beating my head on the wall after so many <laughs> meetings. And it's just like, I just, I want to help executives be successful. So it's a book filled with 19 practical ideas and it's stuff you can apply right away. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm still $10,000 upside down on my book, so I'm not making money. Just come buy the dang thing or shoot me I'll an email. Sean, <laughs> at, Sean at Fitzmartin.com. If you, <laughs> I'll send you a book. I'll charge Daryl. It's great. Um, there just you go. send me an email, Sean at F-I-T-Z-M-A-R-T-I-N.com or come to Fitzmartin.com slash free help. You can download some videos and some worksheets that is all around this centricity idea. So Come on and it. changing for good. It's the source, man. It's great. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. Get into it. Well, Sean, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, and I'm, again, I'm still kind of, I'm pretty sure one of the cardinal <laughs> sins is envy or jealousy. And I'm kind of there with you scallops, Dr. Prochaska. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that Man. out. Well, thank you. Hey, have a super day. I appreciate you. you. And I appreciate everyone else in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience. Uh, thank you for liking, sharing, and most of all, leaving reviews for the podcast. It helps us spread the word. And there is a growing community of sales, marketing, and entrepreneurial folks who are saying, let's work together. As, as Sean was saying, let's align around the client and the prospect and the needs that they have. And let's move together. Thanks again to the folks at Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat. I'm looking forward to being there with Larry Levine and Dave Sanderson, and hopefully you as well. If you're a sales leader or you know one, come join us on October 20th in Fort Worth, Texas at the City Club. It is going to be a powerful day. You'll leave with a 100-day breakthrough sales leadership plan that is going to help you transform your sales. Thanks again to everyone who's out there pushing and driving to grow. We're right here in the heat of summer. We've got a great lineup of guests coming throughout the fall. So make sure to like or subscribe. And until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.